What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of NHL hockey? What's up, everybody? This is Anthony L. Happy recording live and direct from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio in lovely Milton, Ontario. What's up, everybody? All right, so uh, this is Hockey Town. This is postseason. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won their second Stanley Cup in a great battle with the Dallas Stars. I'm joined uh, via technology with Aaron Chalupa and the comedian carnivore Brian Smith. Uh, we do this over Skype or something. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is pre-Joe Thornton signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So congratulations, Joe Thornton, on filling out your childhood dream and playing for the crown jewel of the NHL. Not my words, Brian Burks. Anyways, with that being said, on with the show. This is Hockey Town. This is the Not After 30 Podcast, a podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. What is up, Nana Nation and Likers of This is Hockey Town? I almost had to remember my line there. I almost want to say I'll get throat clear, but we haven't done that in a long time. Uh, yeah, I am here with Anthony El Jefe, you can you can only see half his face. He's the good side of Two Face, I guess. Ah, there we go. Good job, good job. You know, act like you've done this before. And then we got Brian Smith Smythe, the comedian Connor, just down here. How's it going? And we are here to talk about everything that's been hockey in uh, this last uh, ten days, I'd Ooh. say. All the excitement that's been going on with uh, free agency. Um, drafting qualifying offers that was a big one that's with the flat cap lots of teams couldn't uh re-sign guys that they really wanted to mm-hmm. that's been quite interesting and then yeah the trade market is still bustling around with uh free agents that haven't been picked up with uh yet like guys like uh uh big one is uh what's his name there mike hoffman, hoffman. mike hoffman right i almost want to yep. say matt hoffman but i don't think that's you say right. mike cockman my my cockman also Mike Hunt, not signed yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still so, untouched um, by any team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably because of his wife, right? <laughs> Listen, she'll shove anything she wants up in there, okay? She's my <laughs> wife and I am her property. <laughs> She's my wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> All right, we're we're off the rails a, a minute and a half in. Perfect. This is what happens when you let me run things there. Uh, half of Anthony's face. Um, <laughs> is there any way you can adjust oh, your ears? No, that's the other way. <laughs> it's going to only get your ear now. <laughs> All right, let's start things off there. with you there. Let's let's start things off with you there, Anthony. We'll go uh, clockwise. Um, for the draft, what do you think? Uh, how, how did you think that the Leafs did? Uh, give us a little rundown what happened and anybody that you liked, you didn't like, things that surprised you, uh, just all together with other teams in the draft. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I was happy that the Leafs actually had a first rounder this this year. They had traded yeah. away earlier, they were able to get one, so I was happy about that. Uh, I don't have the information in front of me, but they signed some Russian dude with hands. Mm-hmm. Be happy for 
that uh, he ends up. I, I read one article briefly saying that he was a, a little bit of a steal, and whatever. I don't care. We'll see what happens. If you can make it to the show, I'll be happy. That's my analysis, boys. Quick, short, sweet. How do they? Uh, I like they, it. They had they had Mitch Marner, Mitch, Mitch Marner that uh, announced the draft. Mitch Marner and uh, Morgan Riley. Morgan oh. Riley, who I made a joke on her feed, looked like like a Dakota or a Nebraskan police officer with a drug bust. Like, yeah, with this weird <laughs> blonde mustache, holding the jersey up, being like, I am the law. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they pick those guys, but... Police will not tolerate yeah, with this. A, yeah. I guess they're always trying to do something crazy. Like, didn't Alex Trebek give one up too? I thought that was super cool with uh, Tim Stutzel, yeah. Yeah. Let's go, Alex. He's probably the only one that could pronounce the name for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Just, just a little side note. How, how is he doing? Like, I know he had, um, what was it, pancreatic cancer? Uh, I do not know. I but can give I, you, uh, yeah, I can yeah, young I, Jamie this right now. Good Lord, Anthony. Move to the your left, I think. Or to your right. Why? Because now we can see you. I don't understand. You can't see me before? No, no. At least in my view, you're cut off. I'm in the middle of... So, Alex Trebek still has cancer, stage four. Um, Okay, yeah. And he's he's basically... Yeah, he's living through it. He's beat the one-year survival rate, but that's what happens with money. Money helps you beat yeah. things a lot of times. Like Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, money, exactly. <laughs> money over everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Paycheck over passion? I think that's the saying. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> the Leafs. Pretty well, pretty well. Uh, all right. Hockey writers gave the Leafs an A for their draft, by the way, which I think is bullshit. And they love Toronto too much. <laughs> Why? Get off Why the Toronto dick, hockey writers. <laughs> Let me just go over to Anthony's side here. Uh, well, it's why? funny because I'm recording and you guys are are uh, <laughs> vertical. So Anthony's already oh, above yeah. you. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> Don't you forget it. But why was it bad, Brian? Uh, oh, I didn't say it was bad. They gave it an A. They just said it was a it was a high ceiling draft. Which um, they said yeah, there there could be a lot of misses. Why, why is it bullshit? Oh no, I'm just fucking around. So then, so then <laughs> I can't call it a Leafs draft. But um, the reason why the reason why is because I hear all these other Leaf fans be like, "Oh, they got to draft defense." Like they don't have to draft defense. Like these the guys that they're drafting right now probably don't do space on the team unless you're like, you know, whatever Lafreniere who's gonna step onto the ice and be a stud off the hop. They don't need to draft defense. They've already drafted defense. Those guys are developing now. They need to. They need to keep drafting the next. The guys who are going to take the spots on the second line. I think. Uh, I think that's a valid point. I also think that the way Toronto's drafting, you're essentially if you're going high ceiling, you're doing one of two things, right? You're looking to plug people in that. Um, you know, may have a great year or two in the minors out of nowhere and turn into something special, or you're looking to say, hey, it's a high ceiling prospect, let's flip it for something we need right now to win, right? So right. I I think that's where the Leafs, that's where they're sitting drafting right now. Anyone that says they need to draft defense, it's like, well, what, they're going to get a defender in three, four years? Like, I would argue that 
defenders may, I would argue, and this could be a debate for another podcast, but I would say defenders take longer to develop. I would say. I think it's hard to find a good defender. That's what they've been saying for years. Like, look at Hedman compared to Tavares. Mm -hmm. Same same draft went one and two, you know, almost like Hedman's stock went down a little bit after the World Juniors, but um, they were almost kind of still like a one, two, like who could go first overall? And, you know, even nowadays, I'm not even trying to kick, you know, stir the hornet's nest, but who would you say is a better hockey player now? Would would Tavares have done better if he developed one year, or was it just like nope, throw him in? Yeah, no, it's a valid point. Yeah, so it is very interesting I, when, I we go, was... when we talk with certain players like that because who was the last defenseman that jumped in the NHL right off the bat? Was it Dalim Rasmus Dalim? Yeah, probably, probably yeah, right from the draft. Because I don't think Adam no, no, jumped no. right into New York, New Jersey. No, Pardon? who just won Rookie of the Year? Cal, uh, Cal, uh, oh, Makar? Cal Makar. This Makar. one was, well, yeah, but he, he wasn't drafted this year. Yeah. This past year. He was drafted a, a year or two before. What That's about... what I'm saying, Anthony. Is, okay. Yeah, yeah. From like, from like yeah, who's, been right the last, who's been the last defenseman to make an impact in the rookie year? It's almost like a goalie in the, like, no, not the rookie year, their same drafted year. Yeah. So, like, Patrick Waugh, like, got drafted, and then he went, or, like, uh, Tom Brasso. He came right out of high school, and then he won the Vezina as an Mm 18-year-old. Like, Carey Price had a pretty good rookie year. Like, it's rare, extremely rare. But I don't even know, no, Carey Price may have sat in the minors for a year. I don't know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm asking. It's it's super rare for a goalie to, like, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know when the last time in the NHL, sorry, a, a, a drafted goalie went right from the draft and then got a starting job or even a backup job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with a defenseman, it's more common or would be more uh, accepted, but still doesn't happen too often compared to a forward that goes in the draft and then automatically onto the roster. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're very. Okay, well- can we backtrack? I just I just gave you my review of the draft. How did you? How did Brian? How did you feel about the Habs and their drafting? So funny enough, Montreal is drafting for four years down the road. <laughs> We're not drafting for this year. So we went with a with a pretty a big defender with great great solid intangibles. Right, he's a good skater, solid defender. Doesn't put many points up on the board right now, but overall. When I'm looking at what Montreal needs and where they're going to be in three or four years, I think we're looking for that top top man defensive pairing that can literally just play good defense. Because that's something mm-hmm. that we've struggled with. And mm-hmm. by the time this guy's up in the NHL, Shea Weber is a thing of the past, right? So we're looking yeah. to replace him. So I think it's a yeah. good good signing. And I always I like defensemen that are strong skaters. I think it's important in the NHL these days. And, uh, you know, Montreal has a few pylons on their team, we'll say. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, it gives me confidence. And then the second round, we went, what, back to back forwards, which is, which is nice. You know, once again, high, high upside guys. So mm. we'll see where they pan out. Right. But overall, I think it was a decent draft. Um, it's tough when you're drafting like Montreal realistically should have probably had a top five, top 10 pick, but because of how this season played out and because they, uh, they shit on Pittsburgh, 
um, <laughs> in the play-in rounds. They uh, they managed to actually you know get through, and now their draft picks were a much lower. What they picked like sixteenth overall, I think fifteenth in that in that middle of the draft, which is not where Montreal should be picking. But I think they'll they made up for it with their free agency, which we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, Aaron, what do you think of uh, what do you think of Edmonton? Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, a lot of guys that I thought were going to be around the 14th pick weren't. Um, I, I know that a lot of, like, I was just going off of like TSN, like, so Bob McKenzie and, uh, Craig, uh, Craig Button and stuff. So anybody that, uh, they had around 14, I know there was rumors of Askarov going down there. Uh, rumors of, pardon me, Jack Quinn, um, a few other guys. Uh, what was the one guy I'm trying to think of here? can't get it off the top of my head it's okay um but yeah uh, with uh dylan holloway it's not the worst um and i want to make it sound like he oh, yeah, like pissed off with it the more i heard about him the more i liked him um there was uh, tony granado who was his coach at uh, wisconsin and he's saying that low ceiling he's a marco stern mm. high ceiling he's an, he's an adam graves so to me that's like wow that's like it's a really bad. good role player there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not, I've got no, like you say a low ceiling of like Marco Sturm. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, no, no, no. Like, so it's like, I'm quite excited. You know, a guy, um, a regular 20 goal scorer would be very, very welcome. He also plays very tough, uh, which is nice. Um, not saying that he's uh, an aggressor or he's going to beat the crap out of you or anything like that, but he's just going to be really hard to play against. And you're not going to really like it. Um, and he's just going to be, you know, really strong on the puck and get in the dirty, dirty areas really well and just, you know, free up that puck. So, like, I don't know, for uh, maybe like a, well, for, for an Edmonton perspective, like we didn't have Patrick Maroon fighting all that much, but he was really good at helping out McDavid uh, by, you know, doing that grunt work, you know, work and work and work and then just pass it up to him and then he just does the flash and stuff. So um, I don't think he would be playing with. McDavid at all. I think there'll be some other guys that'll be slotted with him. Um, even like years down the line when he comes into the NHL and stuff, I, I see him more of like a middle six guy, like um, kind of leading the charge on the third line okay. or just, you know, being very complimentary on the second line, uh, which I think he could do, especially like he's already, like he's, I think he's 205 pounds and he's over six feet now as an 18 year old. So, mm. He's apparently just a big gym rat and everything too. So, you know, this NCAA kids just like working out all the time. Um, the other guy I like is uh, Carter Savoy, uh, Edmonton kid. Um, he is actually playing in the AJHL, got drafted. So that's really cool. The Oilers traded down. I, I thought they were going to do that with the first pick, is go down to like the, the mid 20s, kind of like what Calgary did. Smart um, move to trade down. But they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're like, especially when you see that you're not going to get somebody that you really, really want. And you're like, okay, well we can get, now we're in our next group of guys. Let's say we got five guys and we'll trade down from 14 to the 20. Okay, and then we have a new set of guys that, that are exactly. Uh, that's what I thought they were initially going to do, but they didn't do it until because they missed that second round pick. Cause they used that for uh, Athanasiu as well as the next year's second round pick. Um, and they kept their third rounder this year, which means they have to give up the third rounder next year. Uh, to Calgary because of the Lucic-Neal trade, which I think was a good idea because 
with the COVID restrictions, people are not going to be able to um, scout. Scout as the much. Scouts won't be able to. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's a good so, call. Uh, this, yeah, this year I figured it was much more valuable. So anyway, they traded down and they got a couple more picks, which was great. Also, interesting thing: um, this was the first uh, draft for the Oilers where they just picked only forwards um, in their entire Very draft. Very interesting. So, that was, that's, so they're they're really pushing that way. They feel that the the cupboards are stocked for defense. They've got a lot of goalie prospects. We'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, Carter's a boy. Um, apparently, he's a one shot kind of player, which I'm just like, all right, he takes one shot and that's it. <laughs> or you know, he doesn't follow for his rebound. I think that's kind of a, an interesting remark, but I guess it just means he takes one shot and it's usually in. Uh, it's a good shot okay. and something happens from it. Like, yeah, I've um, never and, heard that before. <laughs> one shot player. Yeah. And apparently he's just, uh, you know, uh, puck hungry. He's just, you know, a hound on the puck. So he'll always chase after it and just keep going and working for it. So, nice. um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the Oilers, um, the Oilers draft there. I wouldn't say it's one of their better ones, but uh, for what they had and what they had to work with. And, you know, this, uh, this very interesting, unique year that we have. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with what they did. Quite content. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people had Carter Savoy and like because you guys got him you guys got him when like uh landed him at a, number 100 number 100 you yeah. landed him at overall and mm-hmm. a lot of people have him right around top 50 in the prospect rankings so oh really that's a I didn't that like uh, yeah a lot of people are looking that at that as a steal from what i'm seeing here which is nice and it's, I'm going to reference a different sport for this, but what you talked about, about trading down, I have a theory that that's why the Patriots are so successful because I think it gets to a point where when you, when you go into drafts every year and there's a lot, that's just a crapshoot, right? Like, well, you can scout as much as you want, but like you're, you're wrong probably 50 plus percent of the time, right? So the more yeah. picks you have, the more opportunity you have to be successful. I think that's why the Patriots have been so good in the NFL and built that dynasty. So I'm a big fan of trading down. I think uh, I think if you are not 100% sold on a guy where you are, absolutely trade down four or five picks. Get like, you know, especially if you're trading down the first, second round and you can recoup, a, you know, a third, fourth rounder for that. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I always heard the terms like magic beans. So if you have more magic beans, maybe one of them turns out to be something all right. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing more and more of these years that later rounds are turning out to be really good. Mm-hmm. And it's not just drafting well. I'm a firm believer in development. Coming from a team like the Edmonton Oilers, where we've um, you know had we've had a lot of high high picks, and we. You know, people say, oh, they don't draft well. They don't draft well. They're picking the wrong players. I also think it's a a part of the culture and the way we develop. So with what happened with Jesse Pugliarvi, we'll get into him a bit more later. Yeah. Uh, And then guys (laughs) like Nail Yakupov, Nail Yakupov, it's very interesting because, like, would they not have worked in these systems anywhere else? Or, like, sorry, um, uh, Magnus PRV Svensson. Like, there's so many players. We can just go on list on and on and on and on um, with players that didn't do so well in Edmonton. Was it the drafting or was it the development? But then we put, picked guys like Cam Abney and Jean Francois Jacques and Yessi Ninamaki and Yanni Rita and list goes on there too. Um, you know, were these guys going to be duds anywhere? Like Marc Antoine Pouliot. Like, fuck, he had like over 100 uh, points in the queue. Uh, I forget with who. But then he gets, and like, that was the year where. 
Getzlaff, Perry, Richards, Carter, um, you know, Milan Mahalik, all those guys are getting picked. Zach Parisi. And then we picked Mark Antoine Pouliot. It wasn't just because we picked the one dud, uh, not the one dud, there's a few more, but it was, it was, we just picked that one guy. Or if he got drafted by the Penguins, would have he actually done well or Philly or whoever? So it's, it's quite, kind of interesting in that regard. But um, yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to trading down either. If we had the 14th and we trade down, sure. Because there's, they said there was an obvious, um, not like everyone after the 10th pick went to shit, but they said there was an obvious drop to the next level after mm-hmm. their like the, the projected top 10. Yeah, and so. fair enough, right? No, I'm I'm curious, and we'll get into it. What you think of uh, the Oilers' recent situation with signings and bringing some people back? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's let's hop into it. I was gonna say, I think we just hop right into it, and then we talk free agency. Yeah, might as well, Anthony. You want to kick it off with uh, what you thought of free agency so far? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, first and foremost, I think this is going into a season where a lot of teams are very conscious with the compression of the, the schedule. I think a lot of teams are looking at possible injuries and and other things that might hamper a successful season. So I think a lot of teams are stockpiling on certain things. Um, just today, the Leafs signed Aaron Dell to a, to a one-year deal, like a depth, depth signing, I think it would be called. Like I, they, also, they also lost one of their, their blue-chip prospect um, goaltenders for agency, too. Um, Capasolo... I think is his name. He ended up signing in Nashville. But anyways, the reason I bring that up is because I think a lot of GMs are, with the cap kind of flat and boring and not moving, I think a lot of GMs are just picking up guys that might fill in holes that are going to happen in this condensed season. Mm-hmm. With that being said, can I please start with a Taylor Hall sign? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for it. You, well, you, start, you started with Aaron Dell, but yeah, we can go on Taylor yeah. Hall. That, that was just to prove a point, but <laughs> the Hall signing was, it, it still baffles me. I don't I guess it makes a little bit of sense. You know, both got some cap space. They can spend some money. They're trying to make Eichel happy, blah, blah, blah. I, it just, it feels weird. It feels weird. Who Hall wants to go to Buffalo? In the East? Yeah. What? Who wants to go yeah, to Buffalo? That, Dominic Hasek, yeah. <laughs> Mike Pekka, you know Jason Pominville. Jason Pominville wants to play in New York or in Buffalo. Yeah, the Taylor Hall signing weird to me. From his perspective, though, maybe he was trying to align himself with the best center he could possibly align himself with, to increase his value for when the cap starts to increase again. Right. I expect the cap's yeah. probably going to be flat for a couple of years, realistically. But maybe that's his mindset is, listen, I it, we can call it a down year for him. Kind of. He didn't get a point a game. You know, you expect he's kind of a point per game player. Um, so when you take that into account, then maybe maybe he's thinking, all right, Eichel's a great center to align myself with. Who's gonna play? Who's gonna play on the wing? Quinn. 
maybe Quinn. He's a young guy. And Already? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If it, if you think about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me see who else Buffalo has. And then you got maybe, you got you got Dalene in the back end, guys. right? Like who's a good who's a good defenseman who can move the puck, right? So from a from a perspective for Taylor Hall, you're like, hey, maybe I can have another ninety plus point season next season. And at that point, maybe I can command ten million a year. Maybe I can command a longer term deal with a high cap hit, as opposed to we don't know what teams were offering him, right? He's also Kind of a locker room cancer, from from how I feel at least. So, yeah, exactly, exactly how you feel too, right? Like, <laughs> so it'll be interesting if he meshes well with Eichel. That that could be dirty. Like that could be very like that's a line you do oh, not want to see. That could be this line for sure. Yeah, and that power play, like that power it'll play. Could be dirty. Yeah, I've got Sam Reinhardt on there too. It all depends on who else they could line up on that crew, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, the the whole signing is definitely guys. interesting, right? Um, oh, hold on. Did you guys already mention that Jeff Skinner still plays for Buffalo? Uh, no, we didn't. Well, he is a righty, isn't he? He's a left winger. Oh, he's a left winger. Yeah, so unless he's willing to move. And they traded for Eric Stahl as well. Right. Yeah, so well, then... they also got Sam Reinhardt, so Eric will be on the third line most likely. Mm-hmm. That's, uh... Yeah. So, Taylor Hall, check. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you have any more feelings about that, but, uh... Oh, yeah. B- Buffalo might Did be you see that they have... Buffalo might be... They they the Buffalo signed Cody Eakin for two point two five million per year. What? So it's a two year deal worth two year deal worth four and a half mil. Cody Eakin. Uh huh. Interesting. That one that one really struck me as like, okay, flat cap, Cody Eakin. Yeah, I like Cody Eakin, don't get me wrong. You know he played well for Dallas, he played well for Vegas, played for uh you know, the Jets for a little Wait, bit, hey. but but uh, we you know, to to call for two point two five million per year, I don't know about that. Well, and we're kind of talking Reinhardt's there. You have you have Stahl, you have Eichel. So Eakin's the fourth center at two point five million yeah. a year. Um, and like, what value does he offer as a fourth center? Like, is he really good on the faceoff circle? Like. I, I know he's a really tough guy. He might be real on the face-off circle. He's uh-huh. the guy that smashed Pavelski's face open. <laughs> so, yeah, that maybe that's why. Intimidation. Okay, so... Does it have a price? He's kind of right around you know 50% on the face-off dot for a career. That's not bad at all. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, so he's kind of right around so 50 he'll be, he'll be a PK guy for sure. Yeah. So, so that's two point five mil. You got a guy who you can trust to get it. You know that late game drip face off that you need to get, and uh, and you can he can penalty kill. Like that's an okay value, but it's just is it's a weird signing. Kind of kind of talks to COVID in general. Uh-huh. Right? It's right up there uh-huh. with the Aaron Dell signing that Anthony mentioned earlier. It's like <laughs> okay, 
uh, I guess we're filling out yeah. our goaltender yeah, with a hundred K signing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, fair enough. Just, just, a, just one more note on Buffalo. They only have one goaltender signed right now. They only have Hutton signed right now. They should have signed else. Aaron Dell. <laughs> now everyone can be as lucky as a blue and white baby. <laughs> they, they, they haven't re-signed Linus Allmark. That's surprising. <laughs> interesting. Very um, interesting. Okay. So, do you guys want to talk about uh, Petrangelo? Yeah, I was like, we got to yeah. we got to talk about him and talk about what like Vegas Vegas doing and is he that big of an upgrade over Schmidt to cost another three million a year? Do you think? I, I had this debate. I, I thought Schmidt was more up and coming than Petrangelo would be. I think the difference is he's proven. He led a team. Blah blah blah. I don't know it. On paper, but does he add the other stuff? Does he add the leadership in the locker room? Is Absolutely. He's that guy. I don't know. What? Yeah, Petrangelo. He was the captain for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, and the right. leadership. It's, that's what that's what I'm saying, right? If he adds that. Does, does Nate Smith actually add that? Well, and that's the thing. And you got to kind of. This one was tough for me because I'm torn. Like you're talking seven years for a 31 year old defenseman. Yeah. Right. Seven years is a long commitment and you get the feeling like Vegas makes that commitment because they, they need him now or they want him now. They think they need him. Uh Does this get, does he do the overpay? Yeah. So they, they definitely overpay commit too long, which happens all the time in the NHL, but I didn't expect it this year, not during COVID that seemed nuts to me. (laughs) Like you're looking at a flat (laughs) cap the next couple of years. Um, So, like, Schmidt seems like a bargain. And they got, what, a third rounder from Vancouver? Third from... rounder, yeah. Yeah. So, so the it's not bad. It's definitely, like, in the next season or two, that's, you know, you got a great window if you're Vegas. Vegas already had a championship caliber team. Oh, yeah. And they just added the best defender in free agency and one of the top defenders in the league. Mm-hmm. But did they hemorrhage their future a little bit for it? Uh, maybe. And, and a big thing, and a big thing, sorry to cut you there, Brian, no worries. but a big thing a lot of these teams need to focus on that we've all heard before too, what's coming up at the end of this coming season, the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. So even though they're acquiring all these guys and they're trading picks away and stuff, if you trade a pick for a player, if you can't get rid of another player on your team for another pick, then you're going to lose them most likely. Yeah. So that's where Edmonton's having a real issue right now with their forwards is we have so many right wingers right now, um, with, especially with our free agent signings. It's like, how are we going to get rid of them? Who's going to want to take them for some kind of value? Yeah. Um, so it's getting really, really tricky. So when you trade Nate Schmidt away, who's an established defenseman, I would say he is an established number two in the league. He's awesome. I, I really so. like I, him. I, if I knew that he was available on the trade block, I would have tried to make a move for him. Yeah. But I, I would have too. Here we are, and he's in Vancouver now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver and Calgary getting all these upgrades. For the, for the, I don't think he was on the trade block. I think Vegas moved him to try to free up some money. Yeah, I think I think it was kind of a last minute decision. Like, how who can we cut? cap wise who doesn't fit necessarily anymore right but even still like montreal edmonton toronto 
all were probably kicking themselves because they've all they've all committed cap space already before this happens because this took so long to get there it's it had to be a team that had some more cap space or it had to be someone that felt confident they could make the space afterwards right which i don't i don't think that's any of our teams cuz he's almost no. a he's like a five and a half million hit or like 5.75 million hit yeah. a year right so and he's also a bit older too not not as old as petrangelo i think petrangelo is worth the money not in flat cap era and that is why 29. i'm so surprised yeah. Uh, Schmidt, 29. Um, 29. That's why I'm so surprised that Petrangelo and Hall didn't go to Colorado. Sign mm-hmm. a one-year deal each. Yeah, you're going to get a little bit older, but what are they, like, maybe Petrangelo not so much. He has that one cup, but, and now he wants to get paid. Uh, but for <laughs> Hall, I, I, it's like, I'm, I'm going to reaffirm, like, you know, reaffirm with what you guys say. Um it's just so strange to me. Like, why you're getting close to 30? Why wouldn't you try to, you know, establish your mark as like a, a champion on a team or something like that? You know, chasing that trophy because, as we all know, the later you wait, guys like Jerome Ginla, Danny, Danny Alfredson, Matt Sundin, they finally make the move at the end, and then it's too little, too late, and they can't yeah. get it. But like, is that going to really stop their legacy so much? Not mm-hmm. really. We're getting to that point where a lot of players are going to retire without a Stanley Cup. But uh, it is definitely something that I think every NHL player wants. Well, no, I know for a fact every NHL player wants to win a trophy, especially a Stanley Cup. So why not go to a team where you're going to have lots of fun, lots of running around? If he, even if he plays on the second line, he's going to get matched up against other guys that aren't the top line. Okay, sweet. Sounds mm-hmm. good to me. I'll fucking play second line on Colorado. No, that's very just true. Uh, just a little bit of Schmidt information is his cap hit was five nine five, so just just a hair under six mil a season on him. So really, mm-hmm. the upgrade to Petrangelo isn't that that drastic. Yeah, it's like what two and, and a half mil upgrade roughly. And yeah. what's uh, the cap? Sorry, well, where, where's Vegas on the cap right now? Are they in the the red? I think they oh, may yeah. still be like in the red by over. Yeah, I think after this trade, they're a few mil over still. They need to work it out. And it blows me away how they made a statement, too, saying that Laner and Fleury will be their goalies for the start of the season. I it's wanted like, to talk man, about like, that. To, to, <laughs> it, oh, sorry, okay. <laughs> So, okay. Let me give you Vegas' number for now. Right, Currently, they're 82, um, 82.4 million bucks. Oh, sorry. The total cap hit, sorry, is eighty-two and a half million bucks. So right now they're, they're just like one point something off of it. Tiny bit over. Okay, that kind of align, yeah. align, aligns with what I thought. Um, to get back to this goalie situation, though, and having multiple goalies that cost like five million a year on your roster when you're trying to compete for a championship, um, I think they just kept flurry because they're worried about Leonard's shoulder. I guess it came out that he's having off-season shoulder surgery. Uh, makes sense. So they're worried. Yeah. Apparently it's just a cleanup, but like I'm always concerned with stuff like that. So unless they could get really good value for Flurry, maybe they're also thinking, "Hey, we ease on, we ease up on Leonard at the start of the year. Let Flurry have a lot of starts. We have a good decor. We have a good offensive core. Flurry's stats will still look good." 
and then maybe we can flip Flurry close to the deadline and fill a need then, right? Maybe that's what they're looking to do. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't. I, it's it's the only thing I can think of. Um. It, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> only thing I can think of. No, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Leaving Latore out Krug. Krug. Oh, Krug. Yeah, Krug. since, since Petrangelo he, left. Yeah, will he yeah. replace Petrangelo? Do you think like he fills that void, or do you think there's something still to be desired there? Uh, I think he fills that void. St. Louis has a really good uh, defensive core, and they have very uh, defensively-minded forwards, too. I think they can kind of mentor Krug. He's still quite young um, into maybe being a bit more defensive-minded. Um, he can hit really well, as we saw from, um, who was it there? Robert Thomas's, uh, picture on Instagram. It's just like, Oh, nice to meet you. Are we, fr- are we friends? All that kind of stuff. And that was from the playoffs when crew just freaking ran the fuck over Robert Thomas. So, um, yeah, it would be very interesting. I, I do like Tory Krug a lot. There was lots of rumors about him going to Edmonton, um, a few years ago. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see where it goes. You know, I'm not opposed to it. Just all depends on how much we're giving away. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when Peter Trelli was running the show, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think he'll be a good fit for St. Louis. Uh, they have some guys that can pair up with him. Like Tory Krug paired up with Colton Preco. Oh my God. Like that's dirty. What a lineup. What yeah. a lineup right there. Like a, a, quite a solid pairing. And then you have your first line second line or even power play like oof, mm-hmm. that's that's all right when you're paired up with a freaking animal like uh Pareko, and then you got uh those guys passing the puck to each other on the on the umbrella but uh yeah no i think that's all right uh, they're gonna miss a bit of the, they're gonna miss a lot of the leadership from petrangelo uh locker room chemistry and everything too but i think Krug will jump right in nicely like there'll be that kind of like respect kind of uh excitement at the same time losing uh like Krug losing to stanley cup couple of years ago to St. Louis, but he'll step right in. No problem. Lots of Americans on that team still. 6.5 mil a season, which isn't bad for him. That kind of fits right in mm. between Schmidt and Petrangelo. Kind of like, mm. which is where I see Krug kind of fits in from a value perspective. You where I would have liked to see him go. And this is going to be a crazy take, but because we touched on it. No, <laughs> you touched on how he's a great offensive defenseman and hopefully they can shore him up defensively. You where you go to shore up defensively to the Islanders. Oh. The Islanders. Barry Trotz. <laughs> yeah. Trotz yeah. is a yeah, great defensive coach, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think they they missed out on A adding some offensive some more offensive firepower, but B like getting, yeah. yeah, getting some value like that of uh, Krug, and then if you can make him a better defender, scheme it better. You know, that could be that could have been interesting, but obviously St. Louis is still viewed as a powerhouse. Right. So if you're a free agent, where where do you think you're going to go? The Islanders or St. Louis? Well, yeah, I think a lot of people still think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of people still see Islanders as like one of those bubble teams where like Mm -hmm. I I see them more as a bubble team. But when you got Barry Trotz, you know, manning the helm there, like, like. You can go some. You can go some far places. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's one Nick of the Letty most underrated on the back end coaches. Too. 
yeah, Nick Letty on the back end too, right? Like, imagine throwing Krug in that uh, in that back end. That would that would have been nice. Absolutely. Yeah, but say uh, la vie. Um, we can go through all these signings, but uh, but maybe we kind of kind of switch and pivot and talk about what our teams have done so far, and uh, and and what we think. So I'll pass it to Anthony because he hasn't talked in a while. We've been taking it all up. <laughs> He looks pretty. He looks pretty. Other, I think he's quite uh, green right now. <laughs> no, I, I'm on the down end. But I was reading up on things I should know about this team. Brian, <laughs> please. I hope when you get to your your team, you talk about the Max Domi signing, which I called like, oh, I will two months ago or trade, I should say. But um, yeah. Um, overall, I like a, a, like the Wayne Simmons Simmons signing. I enjoy a lot. Um, a couple of years ago, there was talk about him coming into Toronto. You know, he's like a local guy. He'll do well for that kind of stuff. Um, so I was happy a, a million and a half. How do you not appreciate that kind of contract? The Bogosian signing, I was a little shocked by because he's kind of, the way I kind of see him, he's kind of like that seventh defender. Like he's not really, I don't see him pairing up with anybody. So I think he's more of just um, kind of like a little bit of a grit. With, they need to throw some grit in there or at the end of with uh, some major injuries or anything like that. Uh, obviously, I already talked about Aaron Dunn, how uh, that how impressive that signing is. What did I miss? Was there another big one I missed? Travis Boyd. Travis Boyd, yeah. I I don't know if that's going to be like a huge factor, right? Because there's, there's already talks of a possible Joe Thornton signing at 41. If you could pry him from his shirtless uh, uh, escapades in Switzerland right now. But I think it'd be nice for that kind of signing. I'd be interested to see if it has a thing. I'm mean, the already signed Spezza, so I don't know how much more veteran age they need on their on their team. But the Boyd signing, I think, is just a depth depth move. And same with the trade that uh, brought Joey Anderson to the Leafs. It looks like more of a depth move that just to kind of bulk up the system a little bit. Uh, um, Bogosian. Yeah. I, I talked about it. it I, I don't really see him pairing. I, the big one, I guess, TJ Brody. Um, um, I was going to get that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I thought initially that the, the Muzz and Riley pairing them back in would work out nicely, but it seems like Brody's going to step in and be a really nice addition to Morgan Riley. So that'd be number one. And then you're looking at Hall and Muzz in number two. And then possibly Sandine and McDermott, Dermott, if that happens. Um, and then Bogosian, I just felt as like the, the odd man out on that. But like I said, like depth move, add some grit, just want a cop. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, uh, I think, uh, I think you're kind of right. Adds, adds a little bit, uh, adds a little bit more depth on the defensive end, which is, Huge for the Leafs. <laughs> what the Leafs need. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I never thought why why the Leafs would ship out um, or want to ship out Anderson, uh, Frederick Anderson. Anderson. It didn't make any sense to me initially. Uh, all this talk about, like, who were they going to really upgrade with? Like, I don't think um, Hopi would be a huge upgrade on Anderson. I don't no, think. I don't think so. Um, like Lundquist or anything. I didn't think that made any sense. Mm-hmm. Most sense is Frederick Anderson. He knows the team. You know, you can pepper him with shots all day. It didn't make any sense to try and want to move him, so I'm glad that that didn't happen. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I'm happy with what the Leafs did. I think they need to do a ton more than what they've done already. Yeah, I think that I think that's uh, that's valid. What do you think, uh, Aaron? Uh, you don't think that the TJ Brody, uh, TJ Brody signing is a little bit too high? No. What, what's it going right for a right-handed defenseman? True, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit too much there. Um, it it might have been a, it might have been a bit too much, but I mean, it doesn't make any. It, just for the cap space it, and everything, you figure that there would be more of a sell, being like, "Hey, like we already got everything up front. All we needed some stuff at the back. If you come here, we'll see where we can go." Um, you know, with uh, TJ Brody is a good defenseman. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say he's not a good defenseman, you know, playing for the Leafs and there. Sorry, uh, the Flames and stuff, being a rival. But I just think, what was it, $5 million for four years? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, 20, million, like that, yeah. $20 million total. Yeah. Save, $5 million per year. Yeah. 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 Uh, to, to me, that's, that's, that's quite a bit. It's quite a bit. That's like, yeah. 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 No, Mixed I, territory. But, they, they, it's it's a right hand defenseman. They're they're in a premium, you know. It is what it is, and it's. I mean, he's going to be your number one. He's going to be your top line guy. Yeah. Only five million bucks for your top line D isn't isn't worth it. Warren Ryan's making four and a half or something like that. So, you know, I, I don't think that's uh, unreasonable for your top line guy. I think he'll pair well with Riley too, which makes it maybe like for a team like the Leafs, especially if you're in a bidding war. Um, where like let's say maybe he's worth four point five or something, right? Maybe he's worth a tiny bit lower than that. But for a team like the Leafs, if you feel like he's that last piece, like you haven't been able to pair a defender with Riley for a while, if you think he's the guy that's going to fit well on that pairing and kind of balance out Riley's aggressive risk taking we'll call it if you think he can balance that out then by all means splash an extra 500k a year just in case right even a flat cap year i can understand why you do it but it's if it works out right because like the leafs right now it just seems like any defenseman they touch it's like the opposite of king midas right it just turns to shit instead right. of gold so <laughs> it, it just of... seems like with, with with this time right now where you see bigger money going to longer term, I'm just like, wow, fuck. Like if it was two years at 5 million each year, not so bad, but just that, that, you know, 20 million for four years. Like that's just where it's like, oh man, that's quite a bit. Or if it was like, let's say four years, but at 4 million, that's not so bad either. But it's just that that little extra million or that little extra term that really scares me away from that deal. That's that's just. So, me. I, I think I think it will be fine by the end of it. Also, you gave Muzzin I think four four point four over three or four years anyway, four years. So I think it's kind of all all around the same amount of money. And I think those, those guys with a little bit more experience behind them. I mean, like Muzzin. Riley and now Brody, they're guys that have a good tenure in the league already. So, and Bogosian obviously. And Muslim's got two cups. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that where I'd give him more money than Brody. Yeah. Then you look at age and everything else. But whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Leafs are still yeah. under the cap for what it's worth, under the cap, like by half a billion bucks. So, that's enough to sign Joe Thornton mm-hmm. and fill their last roster spot. <laughs> 
Uh, I was gonna say you could have went for Patrick Marlowe, but uh, but San Jose, <laughs> San Jose loves Been their Marlowe. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah, uh, Aaron, let's hear let's hear the hot, hot take because uh, <laughs> you guys brought Jesse back. Yeah, no, that was actually quite exciting. Uh, I think a lot of Edmonton fans are excited for him to be back. I'm sure there's a few that are uh, a little reluctant and be like, "Oh well, we didn't want you anyway. Whatever, stay in Finland." But um, when you draft somebody fourth overall, you want them on your roster and you want them doing something. If anything, just playing in the NHL, you know, bringing up their stock. So hopefully, you can maybe trade them later if that's what your little like handshake behind the curtain agreement's going to be. Um, what I did find interesting is that Leas Anderson from the Rangers, he got traded uh, to LA for a second round, a second round pick. Um, who knows where that'll land in the second round too. So, um, you know, like, do, would I rather have a second rounder than Pugliarvi? No, I don't think so. I think we could get much more for him if he um, chose to, you know, learn and develop and uh, play the way that we want him to play however that is between um, Holland and Tippett. Uh, but yeah, no, I, all I can say is I'm happy that he's going to be on the roster. Hopefully he can slot in on the third line right next to our newly acquired third line center, uh, Kyle Turris. I think that's quite exciting. Um, him recently getting bought out, uh, signing a very, very low contract. I think it's like somewhere around 1.6 million. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty happy with that. I think there's a two year contract as well. So uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be a penalty killer. He can put up points. He's no stranger to getting some offense uh, involved, but he's not going to be really running the the power play at all. Like uh, we all know that the, the, the top, the, the top power play in the league is run by uh, two of the best players in the league. And there's not really a whole lot of room for tourists to be on the wing or defense or anything like that. And then the second power play unit isn't really being played that much anyway. So um, he'll be more of a penalty killer and role player, uh, especially third line center. That's the biggest option right there. Uh, we also got Tyler Ennis. Very excited about him coming back to the team. He is coming off a major injury from the playoffs. We'll see how soon he'll be ready. But we also have a plethora of um, uh, forwards in the cupboards there. Lots of, lots of right wingers and other guys there that are just kind of those role player or AHL players, but I'm not sure if anybody's going to want to take them, you know, throw in because cap is so valuable these days. Um, yeah. We're going to see how that goes. Uh, sad, I, I wouldn't say sadly is like, I do like him as a goalie and I've always found his career quite interesting. Uh, Mike Smith always resigned uh, <laughs> one year, 2 million, which I also think is quite high. I figured it'd be like one and a half million. Um, but I find it was kind of lackluster. I was almost hoping that we'd get like a Thomas Grice or um, uh, maybe Corey Crawford, knowing that Crawford was going to go back to Chicago. So that would have been something else to have him kind of mentor any young uh, goalies coming up and just have his leadership and playoff expertise in that locker room, you know, get some veterans in that locker room. We need that veteran presence big time. You know, we have a lot of kids on the team. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with that, but a lot of people were also, you know, shouting like, oh, well, let's get Markstrom. You know, uh, the, the, the rumor I was hearing was seven years at $5 million a, a year, um, which would be more manageable, but that's only 500000 more than Mikko Koskinen on the Oilers. So what do you do with that contract? You can't have two goalies making $9.5 million. 
uh, when you're the rest of your team is taking up so much cap, you know, an example, McDavid, Dreisaitl, all those guys. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a, it was a bit of a sticky situation for Holland to move all these different pieces. And there was so much going on. Like I, that's another thing I found so fascinating mm-hmm. was so many trade possibilities. And then as soon as one, you know, domino falls, then maybe the rest of the, uh, you know, the rest of them start, you know, falling too. So like that game, Kerplunk, you keep pulling <laughs> like a different little rod and all of a sudden all the marbles fall. And that's what, what we saw in free agency. A few guys started going and then boom, everything else started going. So mm-hmm. I found that really, really, really interesting. Um, the qualifying offers I found kind of interesting as well. Um, we did not re, or so we did not tender qualifying offer to, uh, Athanasiu, nor did we for Matt Benning. Matt Benning, a right shot D-man, um, does have a bit of offensive upside, but has not found his potential yet. He got signed by Nashville, where I think that's going to be a good fit for him. He's, he's a heck of a player. I actually like him a lot. He just doesn't, hasn't found his consistency with the Oilers, so that's mm-hmm. a bit of a shame. But, you know, Athanasiu to qualify him would have been about $3 million, so maybe he'll just end up signing with somebody else for a bit cheaper. I doubt it, but who knows? I'm sure somebody will budge, whether it's Ottawa or some or Detroit or somebody with a lot of cap. We'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, yeah, with Edmonton, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, Alex Chieson, he's a very good goal scorer. He's been showing how he can be valuable, especially on the power play. Uh, Chris Russell, I think he might be an odd man out for a D-man uh, in the six, uh, especially since we signed Tyson Berry. Um, he'll be definitely on the top unit um, and the top pairing. Uh, kind of a debate who he'll be paired with. Uh, so many right-handed shots and some left-handed ones. Um, I'm not sure what. Like, would you pair Larson with Barry? And then you kind of like pushing everybody else down, like Nurse and um, Ethan Bear and and Seth Jones and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting in Edmonton right now for roster slotting. So we'll see how that goes. Well, you guys uh, have that, a lot of right wingers, right? We have a lot of right wingers, and I'm almost wondering if we could make some kind of deal happen here uh, with other players that are on the trade block. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of guys, like there's Matt Dumba, who's still on Frank Zaravalli's trade bait list. Uh, that's one guy I'd be very interested in. Um, we're also looking for a top six winger. So uh, guys like... Tyler Johnson, Jake DeBrusque. Uh, I was almost hoping for Andreas Janssen from Toronto, but you guys traded him for somebody. I don't even know who. Or next to nothing. <laughs> uh, Alex Kalorn. Like, there's a lot of guys on that list that are, are still on the, the trade bait board. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Like, I know Holland is still hoping for, um, I, I, well, maybe he's settled on Mike Smith being his other goalie. It would have been nice to see some kind of improvement there. Uh, but besides that, definitely a top six winger is something that we want. If we could get Tyler Johnson, but cheaper than $5 million, that would be pretty essential. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah, no, fair enough. You guys, you guys, it's not a bad situation to be in, having, no, having a plethora of a specific position. Mm-hmm. All right? it, it provides you flexibility. And that's kind of the situation... Nice segue coming that Montreal is in. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to read the list of right wingers here. Um, So we got Brendan Gallagher. This is what we had. Edmonton boy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brendan Gallagher. Great 
nice gritty player willing to fight down low even though he's tiny willing to fight mm-hmm. down low and battle for the puck the ultimate hustle player he's the Rudy of the Fred NHL <laughs> he's he's uh he's the poor man's <laughs> he's the poor man's Brad Marchand <laughs> then we Claude Julian's like oh I miss Marchand <laughs> so so going into going into you know, free agency and coming out of the season, we basically had Gallagher and Armia. Those were, our, those were our key right wingers, right? Like Armia ha- had, I don't want to say brilliant because that's kind of overselling it, but he <laughs> had a solid, solid playoffs and oh, really showed up. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really showed up and was clutch and man, he showed quick hands and a dirty wrister, which I like unexpected for me, unexpected watching him and just how he fit. He kind of lit a spark for the team. So we ha- we have those two guys and then we trade Max Domi and yeah. people are like, oh, you guys traded Max Domi for Josh Anderson. That's interesting. And it's like, so you trade Max Domi and, you know, he's clearly doesn't want to be on the team anymore. He's upset, doesn't get along with management, doesn't get along with our coach. That's fine, right? Uh, Josh Anderson, it's going to be interesting to see the which Josh, Josh Anderson we get back, right? Because he's had two very distinct seasons that I can point out with Columbus one where he was a great power forward one where he did he was big Brendan Gallagher he was big Brendan Gallagher right like he'd get in front of the net he'd he'd be constantly constantly creating havoc down low right great guy to have if that's the guy but then we have the guy that just disappeared last year did the Max Domi. So it's like, did we trade Max Domi for someone else that's going to disappear? It's a big question. Then Max Domi signed his contract with Columbus. And let me pull up the, the average annual value, 5.3 million a year for a guy that put up 70, 70 plus points as a center. Yeah. What's his term? Two years, five point three million a year. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, that's a really good deal. Good for Columbus. That's we really signed Josh Anders- Anderson for five point five million a year. <laughs> a guy who's not having a proven season yet, really. Yeah, hasn't had a proven season yet. We're and we signed him for a seven-year commitment. Yeah, seven, seven years, years is huge. Never played a game for us. We gave up Max Domi. Instead of trying to repair the relationship, we said, nah, we're cutting bait. And then we brought this guy from Columbus, a relatively nice hockey market where they're just happy they're doing well, to Montreal, which is like one of the most cancerous hockey markets in the league. Because already they're like, he does not speak French. <laughs> like, <laughs> anybody we pick up, anybody anybody Montreal picks up, do they speak French? Yeah. So, so it's a little concerning, but that being said, power forward. Montreal did not have very many power forwards 
Now we have one. Mm-hmm. And then we just signed Toffoli, another right winger. Right? And Toffoli fits fits really well with Montreal once again. Whoa. I think we signed a bit of bark. Toffoli? Toffoli, yeah. Toffoli. Uh, but we just uh, we just signed him for oh I had it written down here uh, four point two five million a year. Hmm. Yeah, that's a Brilliant. good deal. Would you say he's a better player than Josh Anderson? For what I've seen, absolutely. Because <laughs> I actually I have more uh, videotapes to watch. Yeah, four point two five million a year looks great right now, right? Mm-hmm. But now we're in a situation where we have. It, like what? Who's our fourth line right winger right now? Armia. Mm-hmm. Armia is not fourth liner on most teams in the league. Not right. after this postseason. No. Right. So we could potentially get a big return for him, or we have to ask someone to play to play left wing. Which mm-hmm. once again, we ask someone to play left wing, but our left wingers: Druin, Tatar, Byron, and Lekkinen. Right, like our, our we have yeah. a pretty good position. Like, and once again, you move him to left wing. Who's the odd man out? Do we put yeah. Byron at center? Because Byron's played center before, right? We're in an interesting situation. So I don't know. I don't know yeah, what it's going to look like. Hold well, not to mention there. There's no cap space in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have we don't have any cap space, and that that's the Carey Price situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we have no cap Bond. space because we have 15 million committed to goalies <laughs> well what do you think about that jeff petrie deal uh a bit high a little bit high mm. Fan I, think he, I think he, i think he's earned it oh yeah i know you're welcome you're welcome for De- jeff petrie yeah um <laughs> thank but, you yeah like don't get me wrong like i think he's a wonderful hockey player too i thought it was a little bit high for him well, especially considering million, he's think, okay. 33. Yeah, five and a half million. Yeah. He's 33? Yeah, I think he's 33. He was born in 87. So, mm-hmm. And he got him for four years, I think. So, Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a pretty big commitment, but he's been, he's been a top-pairing guy for us the whole time he's been here. Um, and he's been pretty good defensively and surprisingly good offensively. I don't think when we acquired him, we expected to get anything like we've got from him offensively, right? So, oh, that fucking goal that he got in the in the playoffs, just dirty. that snipe, and it was like just as big as the puck. Yeah, like dirty. how the hell did he shoot that? Like from like the bottom of the circle on Matt Murray. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one of the Holy big fuck. things is he. The other thing that he does really well. And their defensemen that do the, do it really well, and their defensemen that are a liability when they do it is Petrie always seems to pinch at the perfect time. Yeah, always, absolutely. He's yeah. so good at it. Right, so I I can't say enough about that. So from that perspective, five point five million, I'd pay him that this season. I'd pay him that can, next season yeah. when he's thirty six years old. Am I paying him five point five million anymore? Doubtful. Right, but. Uh-huh. It's yeah. it's tough. Maybe you find a team like the Leafs who are desperate to keep clawing at defensemen. <laughs> and you're like, hey, we'll it's eat Ottawa. half of his we'll eat half of his uh, cap hit and dump them on you guys for like a third round pick or one of the guys you drafted this year. 
Is Anthony Maybe. still there? I can't even see him. <laughs> I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember who the Leafs traded for halfway through the season from Montreal. Mister Turtleneck. Oh, Pukanic. That's it. Thomas Pukanic deal. The turtleneck. Yeah, Mister Turtleneck. <laughs> Thomas Turtleneck. Yeah. Had to had to shave off his goatee for Lou. Yeah. No face hair. Come on, little hippie. Uh-huh. So in Montreal's got some very interesting defensive prospects coming up as well, right? Like Kale Fleury, we don't know what he's going to look like for us in a couple of years, right? Defensemen always uh-huh. develop slow. Looks promising. Victor Mete, we don't know. We don't know. Times last season, it's like, oh my God, this guy's our future top line pairing. And then at times mm-hmm. last year, it's like, why is he even in the NHL? this man needs more time to develop so montreal is going to be very interesting i would love to see us move one of our depth wingers and maybe as i said we have tons of defensive depth prospect wise maybe a defensive prospect to someone that can give us a third line maybe even second line center because i don't know like dino suzuki kokaniemi realistically like one of those guys is not going to live up to how they've been, how they played in the playoffs because they all played pretty strong. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of those yeah. guys isn't going to live oh, up to Suzuki it. Suzuki was incredible. Yeah. Suzuki yeah. was incredible. Suzuki was great. Yeah. Suzuki on a line with, with Gallagher is just nuts to watch. <laughs> Absolutely nuts to watch, right? The, the smallest, feistiest players ever. Yeah, yeah. Put, so, put Theron Fleury on that line too. Yeah, it, it was absolutely nuts to watch. It, it gave me a little bit of excitement as a Habs fan, which I haven't had since like 2010. <laughs> <laughs> so, it gave me a little bit of a chub. It was great. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about with the Habs is the horrible goaltender situation we're in right now. Because it is we, quite perplexing. Yeah, we made a move for Jake Allen, and On I'm trade. <laughs> I'm I'm still puzzled as to why we we made a move for someone that's going to cost us four million plus as a backup goalie, when we have Carey Price, who we've committed ten million a year mm-hmm. to, and who signed through like the twenty five twenty six season. Well, yeah. if I may jump in. I got to imagine. I got to imagine that Carey Price isn't going to have a full season. He'll probably get injured like he does every season. Save you some cap space. And uh, you better have heard today they're talking about the radio is a big deal. Most all teams are going to be going through uh, four games and seven nights throughout the duration of the season, including travel time. So they're going to probably rest Price quite a bit. Allen's probably going to play it upwards of 20 or 30 games a season, probably 30 games a season. Yeah, you're probably right. So, you know, if, if they're going to be a fringe team, you're going to want that backup to be somewhat reliable and not super cold, like uh, most of these backup goaltenders. But I think it's a good idea that, hey, who was it a couple of years ago? They, they just, was, I think it was actually Montreal when Price went down. They had and they didn't, they didn't spend any money on a backup. Their backup was like... Peter uh, Budai? Yeah, Tukarski. right? Dustin Tukarski. And, and it showed it's why. It's a playoff. Like, obviously, 10.5 to carry price isn't a good deal. Right? Like it's a, I think that's, that's as, for me, that's as bad, even though he's a great goaltender, as bad as a flurry contract right now. It's just costing lots of money, not getting the results needed. 
you're not wrong, but we also have Caden Primo in the wings waiting. And Caden Primo looks promising, right? So it's it's debatable whether it's like, hey, maybe we got to give maybe we got to give a young guy a chance, right? Like maybe we got to give Primo um we have McNiven as well. Like we've got a couple of young goaltenders that look promising. That is, and we have the rights to like uh, some Russian goaltender as well. I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. And yeah, listen, Lee, Lee's had a ton of big goalie prospects, and pretty much uh, none of them panned out. So, yeah, goalie prospects are one thing. Dude, but, what are you talking about? You guys uh, had the best goalie prospect in Tuka Rask. You just dealt him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I, I always go back to it, but I always. I always swear up and down, they should have traded Pogi if they could. All junior goalies look great uh, in the <laughs> Canadian national team. They all look great. So, yeah. Anyways, whatever. That's whatever. So, to wrap this up, I thought maybe we'd do something different. And I'd get you guys, I'd do a quick rapid fire where I give you guys some signings that we didn't talk about. And you literally, 10 seconds. Right, I start the clock. Ten seconds. Give me your take on the signing, and we'll go from there. <laughs> How's that sound? All right, all right. You start. <laughs> I'd, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick some notable ones from a costing perspective. Um, let's go with Markstrom. Uh, Jakob Markstrom. Um, yeah, I don't like the deal too much. I think it's too high, six by six. I don't really think he's been wooing that much. Last year was really strong, but um, I think it's just too much in a flat cap era. I feel like Don Cherry, I like the deal. I think Calgary needed to pay because they've had shit goaltending since uh, Kippersoft. So they signed the guy you wanted. If that's who they wanted, I'm glad they gave him the money. All right. Uh, Craig Smith, this one was interesting because it's not, not a big money money number, but the value could be there, right? So he signed for what nine, nine million, nine point three million, three years with Boston. I like yeah. it. Really good depth, um, tough guy, and he's going to be hanging out probably in the bottom six for Boston. Good role player. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that um, Boston can find these gems, these guys that buy into the system, and let the top six guys work their magic. And if you need to grind in the bottom six, I think he's a good guy to do it. Corey Crawford. It's Corey Crawford, two years, seven point eight million, so three point nine a year with New Jersey. Yeah, Anthem. does that get New Jersey to the basement of the of the um, cap hit? Because I feel like they just threw money at a situation just to get into the basement. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't see where Crawford's value is. To be honest, even when there's talks that he might sign with the Leafs, it just didn't make any sense to me. But if he's able to get almost four million bucks out of New Jersey, that's that's a win. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I thought he could have went somewhere else. Um, I don't know why he'd go with New Jersey. I don't think they're going to be doing anything next year. Uh, could have went to almost any other city. And yeah, I'm not the biggest Crawford fan. I think he's just always played on really good teams. He kind of just ran the coattails. But he's got that veteran presence. He knows what it takes to be a champion. Interesting take. Uh, I'm going to give my two cents. Fucking injury prone beyond belief. When was the last time Especially he played a full season? Later in career. Yeah. Yeah, later in career. Yeah. Um, Calgary signs Christopher Tanev. 
Four years, four point five million a year. You said Calgary signed him? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, I went two in a row. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's another good signing for Calgary, you know, knowing that TJ Brode is probably on his way out. Um I don't. I think to get guys out of Vancouver because Vancouver's got such a good thing going, you got to probably pay a little bit of a premium. So I don't. I think it's going to build up a huge rivalry between Vancouver and uh, and uh, Calgary. So I, I'm all, I'm on board for that. If there wasn't one already. <laughs> what do you um, think, Karen? Yeah, you know what? He's been a really big name in the last couple of years. It's always been ten of ten of ten of. Um, another guy that I thought could have really had his choice in the market and a lot of teams would probably be calling him, uh, calling him up and seeing if they want to come over. Uh, I think Calgary is a good fit for him. You know, he fills in that role of TJ Brody, Travis Hanek leaving and yeah, no, he'll, he'll play well. I, I like him as a defense, a defenseman. He'll fit in nicely. I, I agree. I think, uh, I think if they got for half a mil less than they would have had to re-sign Brody for, assuming Brody would have wanted the same amount that he got from the Leafs. So, you know, for a little bit less, especially when they got some young guys, they're probably going to have to lock up for longer term, pay a lot of money to make sense for Calgary um, from that perspective, right? Uh, Shattenkirk, 3.9 mil, three years with Anaheim. I'm, I not, yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure why he went to Anaheim. My, one of my buddies on my crew, Easton, he's a huge fan of his, uh, a huge fan of Anaheim. Um, talk about a resurgence from a postseason and really strong season. This is what, you know, coming back to life is like, you get some good money. Um, he's there for some term too, I'm pretty sure, right? Three years. Um, Three years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, good for him. Um, I don't know why he didn't want to go somewhere else. They probably just saw that check and it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I don't want to play for a million bucks as a champion team again. I already got my cup. See ya. Yeah, I think you look at this guy like he's played in New York, Washington, Tampa, like maybe not Tampa, but like the other two are hockey, hockey cities. I'm sure he's seen the highs and lows of that kind of stuff. He just Colorado, St. To- Louis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I forgot. I totally forgot about St. Louis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's probably just like, you know the twilight part. They gave him some money, veteran presence, you know, whatever. And plus, he can like hide out in California. I think he's gonna be fine. Just that it's an easy contract to sign. Three, give him three years, he'll probably get bought out after two. I I think you guys kind of hit it on the head there, uh, Matt Murray, the trade and the signing. So the signing four years, six point two five mil, with Ottawa, obviously. And what was the trade? Let me pull up the specifics. Um, let's see what they gave. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins trade Matt Murray to the Ottawa Senators, and they got back uh, forward Jonathan Gruden <laughs> and uh, twenty twenty second round pick, fifty second overall. <laughs> So they got yeah, a, I, they got Gruden and a 52nd overall. I personally think the second round pick should have been good enough. Um, and I think the term is way too long. Same with the money. Uh, I don't know. Like He was the first one who went over th- two years, I think, as a free agent signing. Not, not just goalie, but um, any yeah. kind of player. I 
don't know. I, I, I almost felt like Ottawa just had all that cap room. So like, here's a couple of extra million bucks. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I, it, it's kind of weird for me. I, I don't really get it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I guess if Matt Murray, I don't know what the market is for Matt Murray, to be honest. I didn't think he was that good to start. And I think Pittsburgh kind of was able to yeah. <laughs> hide some of his, like, shit. And, his um, follies, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I don't know. I, the trade the trade doesn't seem like a whole bunch. It, it seems weird now to look at that trade when you see what happened with uh, Nate Schmidt. So, I think when you, when you kind of compare those two just for the, the drafting, I mean, it doesn't make much sense for Matt Murray. And Ottawa, like, fuck him first and foremost. But second, <laughs> I just feel like Ottawa has this like weird mixing pot right now where they've got some guys who are like two or three years into the into their career. They got a whole bunch of like a blue chip farm system, and then they go sign Matt Murray. It doesn't make it, it. It doesn't seem the right. I mean, it. I'd go over go to Holpe over Matt Murray if that was on the table. If you're gonna give him that money, but Matt Murray just doesn't make sense to me in Ottawa. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Here's an interesting fact. I was looking because I was like, I have no fucking clue who Jonathan Gruden is. Gruden played for the London Knights last season, posted 30 goals in 66 points in 59 games. Those are good numbers. Yeah, could be promising well, to get a second gonna, rounder and him. The other thing I was going to say is Murray going to, Saint, uh, going to New Jersey makes more sense than... Scott Darling going there. So I I, I could have saw my Murray go to Jersey. I couldn't see him going to Ottawa. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Scott Darling. Corey Crawford. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's it's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. Aren't they <laughs> the same person anyways? <laughs> no, I, I, I think the Murray thing's a little nuts. Uh, all right. We'll stick with goalies. I got two more for you and then we'll wrap it up. First one, okay. Braden Holpe. So Holpe, uh, two years, four and a half, well, four point three million a year with Vancouver. You mentioned him before, Anthony. Go on. Yeah, uh, I, li- I like it for him. I, I the money just seems like money seems a little low, to be honest. What do you think, Aaron? Um, I was actually going to say I think the money seems about right for flat cap. If it wasn't flat cap, I think he'd be asking a bit more money. Uh, probably uh, Matt Murray money at least. I Get think it's a good Matt fit Murray in Vancouver. <laughs> I think it's a good fit for Vancouver and him. He's a Western boy. He's from Saskatchewan. Um, it's a good little fill-in for Markstrom leaving. I think Holtby in as a whole goaltender for career-wise is much better than Markstrom. Um, obviously, he's older now and he's been de- on the stage decline. But, this but might be Markstrom's an extra surgeon. old too. People forget Markstrom. Markstrom hit he's thirty. Late. Yeah, Markstrom's thirty, and Holpe's only thirty-one. Yep. Wow. I th- yeah, I think it's just like everyone kind of forgets that. So like Markstrom's kind of picking it up finally, and then Holpe's kind of on the decline. Um, Holpe won a cup with a really good Washington team. He's got a really good team in front of him, and Thatcher Demko is coming up, so he can mentor him. I think that's the. I think that's the biggest win is that they got a mentor for Thatcher Demko. Mm. who's played some pretty clutch games. Um, I'm just doing a quick research right here. So Barry Trotz was with the Capitals from 2014-15 season through the 17-18 season. And uh, those were Braden Holpe's best years. So, uh, Did two, he win a Vezina with them? 
I think I feel so. Like at least one once. Well, because he had a two point oh in sixteen seventeen, he had a two point oh seven goals against average with a nine two five save percentage. Interestingly, yeah. since that, since leaving the last two seasons, two point eight two goals against average and three point one one goals against average, and mm. a nine eleven save percentage is not bad. But a eight ninety seven save percentage. So we've seen a stark decline since Trotz has left. Once uh-huh. again, if you're a goalie, align yourself on those Islanders, man. Or if you're a defender, get to the Islanders. That's where you want to be. You look like a stud. Make your money. Then yep. you make your money after. Yeah, I think. Uh, Me sign in Ottawa. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think Holpe lucks out here because contracts are okay fit. And um, and they just got Schmidt, and they're basically building up. They have a young core already in front of him, and then they're adding solid defensive pieces. Two year, I think he signed in more of a prove it deal. Uh, maybe feels like he could. He's setting himself up for success here, and then could come back, maybe get another two year deal or something like that for five five and a half mil afterwards. Right, so. Um, and then lastly, and this one's more for you, Aaron, because I just find it kind of entertaining and I'm a little baffled by this camp Talbot three years, Minnesota, three years, years, 3.67 mil a year. Yeah. That's a good deal for him. I like that for him. I like camp Talbot a lot. I still have his Jersey when he played for Edmonton, had his, uh, record setting year with Edmonton winning, uh, most winningest goaltender in a single season for Edmonton. Um, I don't know. I think it's a good deal for him. He did. He played very well for for the Flames in the playoffs when Riddick uh, had his follies throughout the season, and then the playoffs too. Um, it's a weird spot for Minnesota to trade away Devin Dubnik to San Jose and then fill it with Cam Can't Talbot. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think this really shows that Minnesota is on the decline, and they're not going to be anywhere near the playoffs next year. I love Talbot, but that's what he's going to be. Yeah. If I may, let's hear it. I always thought Tablet was a scrub. Never thought he deserved a number one. I, th- I thought I'd be a career number two. I was surprised that Edmonton gave him the money and the term and gave him number one spot. I was shocked. The guy, the fact that this guy's still in the league after five years past everyone, when everyone learned his name, shocks me. So <laughs> way to go, way to go, Minnesota. You fucked up, Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Caledonia kid. So you know Anthony just mm-hmm. doesn't like him because of the native ties there. That's uh, I don't know if you guys know that about Anthony. He's uh, he's not a big fan of the natives. It's all about colonialism and uh, colonization. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Interesting take there, Anthony. Um, yeah, what I wanted to do before we sign off there is I wanted to bring up a few names and just see where we all think they might land. Land. And just like quick, maybe like one minute on each guy, like all oh. three of us combined. Yep. Okay. Uh, line A. Ooh, I think they keep them Wiener now. Peg. Yeah, I yeah, think they keep them now. Sure. I don't think they're. I think. I, I don't think they're trading them. I, I think he stays. I I think it goes for a non-discussion, um, where OEL just stays in Arizona now. I think he had his like limit of where he was going to go somewhere, and it's just he's just staying in Arizona right at the moment. I think you're right. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I think you that was the team. I think they, they had the discussion like during the draft. It's like, oh, we're going to wait till free agency. And if it doesn't happen by the Friday, then he's not going anywhere. You can't give two teams and expect a deal to get done in, in like, you know, weeks' time. It's not going to happen. Well, what are you going to give us? Well, what are you going to give us? Well, Boston said they were going to give us this. Well, Vancouver said they were going to give us this. Oh, man. What do you guys think? Um, what do you guys think your team needs? One last thing. If you hey, could go hey, after I'm not, one I'm not player. Done yet. I'm not done yet. Oh, you still got more games? All right. Let's go. Hoffman. Oh. Ooh. Nashville? That's, a, that's an interesting one. Oh. Need, it, Nashville always needs scoring. What else? Might that's the latest do? rumor I heard from Nashville, yeah. Oh, yeah? I just pulled that one out. I'm going to say Colorado. I, I was going to say Colorado. I don't know how he fits with that roster, but they have the cap space. I don't know where he fits. Can um, he play yeah, for the Sharks? The Pardon me? Can you play for the Sharks? <laughs> That'd be very fun. That'd be um, very, very fun. Trying to think where else he could go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what kind of deal is he going to get? Maybe five million bucks a year? Does Carolina have cap space? They They've got to have a bit. Dallas? He'd be, he'd be a good fit there. I think Dallas Carolina maybe. would be a nice fit for him, but I don't know if Carolina's looking to add uh, someone like him, who, once again, you question, with someone like Hoffman, like, you know he's a good player. Like, he provides value to your team. 30 but then, goals, at least. Yeah, he's a 30-goal scorer, but then you're asking the question, okay, does this man, like, is he is he going to ruin the morale of the team? Is he going to leak shit about other players, other players' wives, coaches, anything? Buffalo. <laughs> like... <laughs> Goes to Buffalo. Uh, honestly, if Buffalo sides Hall, why not bring him in and just let the toxicity build? Maybe bring totally. back, uh, maybe bring back O'Reilly. <laughs> Hall would probably sleep with Hoffman's wife. It'd be great. You mean Big Rig, right? <laughs> it'll be a new, it'll be a new TV series. It'll be called Hoffman. <laughs> I would like to see the Canes. The Canes, I think, the Canes have a a pretty pretty good team overall, and I think having a, a adding another thirty goal scorer to them is huge. I they got that. they got uh, Canes have five billion bucks in cap space. So, Ooh, oh convenient. hold on, they got four. They got to fill four roster spots. So, that, that's not going to go very far. Nah. And the last name I have here is Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson just got sent down on waivers. Yeah. So once again, you're looking for a team that needs that kind of, I'd say mid six to bottom six. Like, mm. I was thinking Detroit just with the ties to the Eisenman. That's actually good. That's a good guess. Yeah. I, or I would, I was going to say Ottawa just to, once again, I think they still need to sign some people to hit that cap floor. Hmm. So I just think he he, good money for him. He got he's a five million dollar guy. Interesting, interesting. I I I could not justify if the Canadians ever paid him five million dollars. I like Tyler Johnson. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. fuck that. And hmm. like to me, he's like a three and a half million dollar player, and that's an insult. Just in general, just yeah. in general, just not in even general. black cap. No, just in general. Oh boy, ruthless. I'm, uh, I'm an asshole. He was carried. Uh, he looked better, but he looked better because he was on Tampa than he is. As a yeah, 
I think so yeah, too. That's fair. Um all right. Lastly, Anthony, quickly. Yeah. If you could yeah. target one player who like there's a reason why he'd be available, who is Toronto go for? Oh fuck. I don't know. Um I mean, there's all there's always that talk in Buffalo about Bruce um, Lining coming becoming loose. So, I always thought that'd be a good fit in Toronto. But um, that's he's probably the only name I could pop off the top of my head. But again, it seems like they got something going on with the D now. So, and then their bottom forwards seem like they're they got something going on now. So I don't know if, what a ton that the Leafs need. I guess of a, a number one goaltender, if Anderson doesn't stick around. Um, so I don't, I, I, that, it's too tough right now. I, I'd have to, I can't, I can't give you anything. Aaron, what about you? I don't even know what available for each there are that are, uh, doesn't have to be a free you know, agent. Possible. If you could think of a player that you oh. think would fit that a team could move, like obviously Colorado is not moving anyone, but maybe a team where they have some old pieces that they're like, ah, he's 35. Let's get he's rid of 35. Him. Joe Thornton. <laughs> um, Joe Thornton would be pretty sweet, but we got that third line center now. Oh, I'm just gonna quickly look on the board here. Well, what about you, Brian? If, so, if there is a way to get DeBrusque. I'd be pretty happy about that. No, that's, um, that's from, a from good Boston. take. That's a good take. It's funny because I have a Boston player in mind too. It's nuts that I'm gonna say it, but then you think about it, I'm like. I don't think it's crazy. Bergeron. Because he's 34 years old. He's 34 years old. And I think Boston is regretting the fact that they committed to Chara for so long. And I think in the next year or two, you could see them potentially wanting to move on from him. And Montreal needs a veteran center. So I I think he's a great fit. Montreal. I think it'd work Montreal. I'm just not sure if Boston would want to part ways with him. I as, think soon as, Char, as soon as Char retires, he's the new captain. Like, they love that guy. Uh, 6.8 on the cap. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. Trade hey. Josh Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys could have Josh Anderson. But, one, <laughs> you know, once again, Boston just lost Krug. Uh, you know, Montreal stacked with defensemen. Maybe, maybe you can entice them. Like, hey, you got a, you got some options here, but obviously these are long shots. I would just love to see it. I would love to see like who, uh, who else? Like, if dude. there was a way to get it, because I'm, I'm still not sold on Mike Smith and and Koskinen being our goalie tandem. If there was a possibility to either pick up Merzlikens or Corpusalo. I would be all over that, big time. Huge. No, that's that's valid. I can understand yeah. that. Like I'm not sure what the asking price would be. I'm sure it's quite high, but yeah, the, uh, I'd, I'd have my I'd have my mouth wide open for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, work the shaft, ball the gravy, cradle the balls. <laughs> I'm I'm very curious to see what the what's going to happen coming out of free agency and what the season what the season's going to look like when the start date is everything like that. So I'm sure we'll have another hockey town raid as the season's starting up. But um, we definitely this, should. This was fun. This was nice to catch up mm. and uh, and go through some thoughts. And uh, 
make sure I butcher at least one name per hockey town. <laughs> it's a rule. What was it? Toffoli. 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 Let's go. Um, awesome. All right, guys. Uh, with that being said, I think that's all I got to cover. What about you guys? That's everything. Yeah. Right. Stay on the network. Lots of good things going on. We got Show Us Your TVs coming up this week, as well as part three of the sit down that Chloop and I had with Sarizzo. I can't remember what the name is. I think it's called Goatfucker. Good luck. <laughs> Something awesome. like that. Perfect. Should be a good time. Yeah. Sweet. Right any, on. Thanks, boys. Any awkward throat clears One. coming up down the line? Anything you're trying to line up? Um, talked to a few people. Been in Instagram chat with a few uh, musical artists and seeing if that could actually happen. Now that I'm in uh, Ontario, there's always the possibility of actually meeting, um, you know, celebrity status folk. But um, you know, COVID and then also a new job. It's it's a little it's, tough. And I'm getting <laughs> getting paperwork done for, like transition from Alberta to Ontario. Like, good lord. So. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, but um, yeah, the more I get to run into some old friends, uh, firefighting buddies, and stuff like that, the more possibility of uh, recording. So sweet, right on. Awesome. All right, guys, you have a good night, and uh, you as well. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what uh, what happens with the rest of the year. <laughs> go, let's go. Yeah, big time. Yeah, no, Brian. I hope that you get uh, you know some good sleep time here. Oh, I have been. <laughs> <laughs>